Hi, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of The Treadcast, a podcast about success and each person's unique path to it. My guest is Eddie Clark, a stand-up comedian of over 40 years, a movie, TV, and commercial actor, and radio morning show co-host who went the unique route of retiring and then starting a family. Here's our conversation. Now, Eddie, usually we start at the end when I, when I do these podcasts where it's like, what are you up to now? But you have an interesting twist that I don't think a lot of people have that I've had on this, this podcast where you've officially retired, now you're yeah. home being a house husband to two little kids. All I have to say to that is, suck it, Tom Brady. Look at you. <laughs> That's what makes me crazy because on the day I finally get to do your podcast, Tom Brady announces for the second time he's retiring. Here's the weird part. A year ago, mm-hmm. I told everybody I was leaving cruise ships, I'm retiring from comedy. And I left the cruise ships and I figured I worked regional for a while and then it progressed to what it is. Well, a year ago, I made the announcement and I'll be damned if he didn't do it to me again. So Tom Brady is after me. It's apparent. <laughs> you know, it's obvious what's going on here. Yeah. I got, I have, I, I don't mind telling you, I, I have one more uh, commitment I have, the Benny Mark up in the, and the guys up at the Port Edward Fire Department. 21 years ago, uh, I think I was the first guy they ever had there. They only go back there and finish it out there. It kind of seems appropriate because the last time I was, when I was there the first time, we were in there and in the middle of my show, there was a car accident about 300 yards from, from the front door of the fire station and the beeper went off and all the guys left. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so I stopped, waited, helicopter had to come in, medevac, I'm back up to Albany, med and everything. And after they got them all together, then came back and I, I finished the show for them. Yeah. You know? I waited for them to straighten out, have a drink, calm down, relax again. And I, I finished the show for them. I got a lot of respect for firemen, guys. Eddie Clark is my guest on the Treadcast. Eddie, longtime comedian, actor. And you like, correct me if I'm wrong. Again, I'm not good with math. You uh, have been in the, you've been a comedian for what, four decades? Yeah, 45 years. Whew, yikes. 45 years. And and the and the vast majority of them was spent in the capital district. You know, I was hanging out with uh, Bob Wolfell between the two stations he was working at, and um, I because I'd known him a long time. Most most of that work I ended up doing for him, especially when I lived up in the capital district until I you know went to work for Picks for a while. Eddie, when did you know you were funny? First time I got in trouble in school. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Back in the day, they used to have these things, these erasers, the eraser board, yep. and it was chalkboards. And what they used to do is they didn't have the machines in my where I live, so they would tell us to take, you know, they'd assign somebody to go outside and you bang them all against the side of the wall and you clean them and you bring them back in. Well, I thought it was funny to scare girls, and it just so happened right near there the girls' bathroom was. Uh oh. What I did, what I did was I told a couple of my friends what I was going to do, and they ratted me out. I didn't know that. I told them I was going to do, and the and the and I because I know the window didn't work, so I opened up the window. And I saw girls' feet underneath the stalls, and I would take erasers and toss them in, oh. and they would freak out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and back in the '60s, that was funny. Mm-hmm. Today, I oh. get you 20 years. Yeah, that'd be a problem. Like the school would be shut down for a couple of days. Exactly. There'd exactly. Be a lot of things going on there. See, I was kind of thinking that you were going to try, probably with the with the chalk on those erasers spell something out on the wall. That that was why nah, I nah, thought that nah. story was going. <laughs> no, nah, my my pen was my penmanship was too distinctive. They they would have known it was me right away. <laughs> it was that bad. <laughs> it's like the principal's a dac. What what? I don't. What does that mean? Now when? <laughs> now when? When he plays for you, the Cowboys. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which means he sucks. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, there you go. Oh, here we go. 
Yeah, let's not let's not go down that road. That's been a fun couple of weeks, and that's and that's kind of my thing to you. And I and I'm not trying to to talk you out of retirement, but but Eddie, I mean, it, everything's writing itself right now. I mean, you all, I'm no comedian, and I could go to someplace, get on stage for five minutes, and just read headlines off of Google and kill. Is there that tug a little bit where you're just kind of like, mm. I you know what it is? I I had a couple of gigs that actually did it for me. I had one that I did in New Jersey. It was a one nighter, and I did it. I got a standing ovation. And I walk, and I, what I noticed was, in 40, for 45 years, I've always had butterflies in the bottom of my stomach. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel it. Oh, wow. I didn't feel it. And I walked off, and everybody's telling me, great job. And I'm thinking, I suck. And then I saw the video. I said, damn, I guess it was good. But I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having that kind of fun. To be perfectly honest, what I was thinking about the whole time was my kids. I wanted to hang out with my kids. And um, the second was last week. I worked at the Fat Cats Comedy Club in Utica. I've been I've been around those guys for twenty something years, and uh, they wanted me back. I said, "When we last show, you got to come back." I'm one hundred percent sure. I'm more sure than Tom Brady was last year. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm not I'm not I'm not doing comedy anymore. I'm, I've given up everything. So my only thing I haven't done is I've, I haven't turned in my SAG card. Right. That's the only thing I haven't done. I'm I'm done. Yeah, yeah I just I just want to stay home to raise my kids. Yeah, I'm six I'm 66 now, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not. I, it's, I, I want to see them go to college. They yeah. go to college. That's probably if I go through if I live as long as uh, the, the, the the females in my family, mm-hmm. I should see them have kids. If I live as long as the males in my family, I should at least see them make college. Yeah, because I, I think you know for me when when I when I saw because you and I have been friends and friends on Facebook and I saw when you know when your lovely wife had the the beautiful kids that you have. I'm doing the math in my head. And I'm like, whew, I hope his family lives a long life, you know, because, yeah. you know, he had kids They're What are they? How old are the kids now? 15 months. My wife, I'm 66. My wife is 35, you know, and, and everybody always, you know, I always, when I say that on stage, women always go, oh, and guys go, all right. And I keep telling <laughs> you guys, you guys think the advantage is mine. The advantage ain't mine. The advantage is hers. When she's late for school, I write the notes. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, man. So, Mr. Johnson, Terry, I'm going to be late for school today. Yep. The good thing is for you, I wouldn't think you were 66 to look at you. Well, I grew a beard because people always said that. Even when I, if you remember, I was in my, what, 40s? Yeah. When I was, when I was working at the radio station. Yep. And everybody always thought I was in my 30s and stuff. But I've always had that. So when I told my wife, I call this now the goatee of wisdom. <laughs> so it, it took me about, it took me about, uh, about, about a month and I've grown it and I'm going to let it grow out real nice and, and shape out and I'm good to go. You should get along like one of those big Fu Manchu things, you know, like the guy in the Tarantino. Well, Movie, it's right? funny. I started to, and my wife said no. So she said, this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is where it's going. She said, this is what it's going to look like. <laughs> yeah. When I found out, and the kids, and then I found out your age, I was thinking, like, you know, like five years old, the kids are like, Daddy, pick me up. And you're like, I don't know if we can. <laughs> but you look, I mean, I'm thinking five years from now, you're still going to be pretty spry. So. I'm still work. I, I work out. And, and, and that's one of the reasons I went back to the gym and started working out. I was in pretty good shape, but I left the Capitol District. But I got, you know, I, I worked out a lot more because my attitude is, when I knew I was going to have kids, I really started getting into the mm-hmm. gym. Yep. You know, because my attitude is, I'm not going to be the guy you're going to be pushing around when you're a teenager. No, if anything, I'm going to be taking you on, you know, take you on the ice. Absolutely. Bring it. I'm, I'm, I'm not too slow. Why? I'm not too slow. I'm not I'm not exactly Felix the Cat Pot Man, but I can get it off. <laughs> Eddie Clark is my guest on the Treadcast, longtime 45-year veteran comedian who's retired, officially retired. We're not sure about Tom Brady, but we know he's done, but he still has a SAG card. So, Eddie, compare, like you, you were talking about your last show that you did in Utica. Compare that to your very first show. When and where was that? My very first show was at Mercy College in Dobbs Ferry, New York. And uh, and that's how I met my first wife, actually, because actually I, I knew I liked her and I was chasing her around and she was on the student committee and they were having a talent show. And, you know, back in those days, talent shows were always music. No one ever thought about 
comedy. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to date her, so I said, I'll tell you what, because they all had a meeting. I never, I wasn't a member of the student union or anything, because uh, I was always down in the student lounge entertaining. So uh, they said, well, let's get Eddie Clark to do it. Everybody will come out, because he's crazy. And down in the student lounge, you'll be nuts on stage. Blah, blah, blah. And, she, and they sent her to ask me, because she's the one that knew me. And I told her, I said, you go out with me, I do it. You know? Nice. I'm going to do it. Nice. And it worked. And here's the funny part. They didn't, I, was, I wasn't a contestant. And they had all the, you know, the idea was I introduced everybody. Then the judges would go off for 10 minutes and do the judging thing. And I would do 10 minutes of comedy. And then I heard there was prize money. Well, I'm a college student. Mm -hmm. There's prize money involved. So I said, this is the part where everybody's supposed to leave. But the judge will leave. But hold on, guys. There's one more contestant. That's the ladies and gentlemen coming to the stage right now. You've known him. You've seen him. You love him. He's funny as hell. Eddie Clark. And I ran off the stage and came <laughs> back. I won third place. Nice. And, and I think, you know, the, the great thing for you is especially that night, not that you probably weren't hilarious, but I'm thinking back then it was a lot of kids coming up with acoustic guitars and playing Joan Baez and Crosby, Stills and Nash and Young song. So they're like, please, somebody bring some energy. And you were all out there and it's like, ta-da! I got news for you, man. Don't let the color of my skin fool you because when they were singing Crosby, Stills and Nash, I was back there too. Yeah. <laughs> Look around now. I have seen you. Like... I was there. I'm telling you, man. I, I, I actually love music. I've always loved music. I think every comic has always wanted to be a musician. And I'm one of those guys. I have a, I tried with a six string guitar and now that I'm retired, I'm putting all my energies in to learn how to play bass. Oh, wow. Six strings. I can't bend my fingers enough for that. But bass, I can neck play. Neck is big, man. It's... I got the hang. I got. I pretty well getting the hang of the bass. Now, was yeah. it was it that night? Did you say to yourself, a, a young Eddie Clark, that hey, I might have a, a future at this, or was it actually no? Time? My attitude was I was just trying to get with her, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, something really weird happened. Rick Newman, a Catch a Rising star, had a, I think his niece went there or something. He saw me. Oh wow! Invited invited me to come down to the club because that suits you to the club. And I didn't know who Rick Newman was, a Catch a Rising star down in New York City. So I didn't go. I it's crazy. I don't know who, who's this guy. Well, later on, I you know, somebody told me by that time, I had already blown the time he told me to be there. I was too embarrassed to go. So instead, I went to the original improv in New York City. And Silver Friedman, Bud Friedman's uh, ex-wife at that point. I went down there with a buddy of mine, and we went down. And, and back in those days, you had to get their numbers. And you pull a number, and if you got the number, you could come back that night and work. So I got the number, and my partner didn't. So I go into the place, you know, and the deal was, if she liked you, she, after you said, she'd call you over. If she didn't call you over, you would walk by her and not say anything. That night, the headliner that night at the, uh, that was doing his regular show was a guy that I, one other guy I never heard of, right? Robin Williams, right? Yeah. So, so I walk off the stage, I'm doing my thing, I get finished, and I swear, Robin Williams walks up, he goes, you were very funny. That's all he said to me. And I remember thinking to myself, I knew he was the headliner, but I didn't. I had never seen Morgan. I didn't right. know that about that stuff. Right. I was freaked out, man. I said, oh man, headliner, the guy that, you know, the big guy, everybody's paying to see. And by this time, you gotta remember, people that knew, knew who he was. So I didn't realize it was a big deal it was that one of the, you know, Five greatest comics of all time. It just told me I was funny. So I walk, I walk off as I'm walking by. I'm thinking, she's getting ready. I said, oh, she's definitely going to call me over. She, was, she turned her head and started writing. So I walked past her, walked out. And as I did, I was with my friends. I said, Ed, it's all right. And I turned around. I just spun around. I walked back in the club, snuck up right behind her because she was in the last seat to the right side of the door. And I said, hey. Thanks a lot for giving the people a chance to see what I can do. You have a good day. And I left. And she was startled. And uh, I walked out. It was the last time I ever saw the club closed down a couple years later. And I kept going. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. I, I love the 
just the sort of people can call it fate, destiny, happenstance, whatever of those little moments that happen for people, for our, for you know comedians, for actors, for radio people, like how I got my job or all these different things. It's such a very just these sort of things that fall together all at once that that make it happen. It's always just so cool. And, and the funny part about it is with me, especially at a time you look at a time that because there was a thing with audiences, and I think it still exists to a day to a certain certain degree that people get this thing because you're black, you're funny. They automatically think we're funny. The people who really get, you know, torn down and have to work three times as hard are female comics. And some of the best female comics in the business have liked what I do. You know, I've, I mean, I've been friends with uh, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, um, Thea Vidal, Carolyn McCard. I can't think of her right now. Oh, guys, she sounds like Georgia Ingalls. I cannot think of her name right now to save my life. Rita Rutner. Yes. You know, uh, they were they were all good to me. I mean, when they came into town, yeah, let Eddie Clark open for me. Whatever. I never forgot that. Mm-hmm. So it's like for me, man, I've been I've been a champion of female comics for a while, and I don't even refer to I say it for the sake of this story, but I don't even refer to them as comedians. Mm-hmm. You know, they're comedians. Right. You know, they're comics. Yeah. That's that's me. They're comics, and, and most of them, most guys couldn't hold their bra straps. <laughs> I don't know, funny. You know, Kate, there's one you should look out for. I and mean, people are watching both a girl, a young lady named Caitlin Palufa. Look it up. She was on um, Colbert. I'm telling you, that's the next big thing in comedy, period. Caitlin Palufa. Remember, you heard it here first. Absolutely. Eddie Clark is my guest on the Treadcast. And, and Eddie, I, a good buddy of mine was a Boston area comedian for, for a long time. He was doing a couple of gigs on a weekend, playing a club in Boston and playing a club up, probably you do played up in Saugus, up on Route 1. One night he's standing there about to be introduced and he just looks out, he puts the microphone down, walks out the door, never goes back. It was that all of a sudden, that that fear that they're just all of a sudden, after so many That's years. That's the place is a Chinese, it's also a Chinese restaurant. Yes! Like yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. I've, I've worked there. So it's it's that thing of, of you're living that sort of that moment, that sort of fear every single night. And, and what was it, you know, even the night, and he was even telling me those nights you go out there and you and you probably have these moments where you just, everything you say, even when you say, even when you take a sip of water, people are hysterical. But then there's some nights you think you're going with your best stuff and it just doesn't work. You know, what was that thing after a show like that to gear up and go, oh, I'm, I got to go back out there tomorrow night or I got to go back out there at nine? I tell you, and this, and this is a story, especially if you got young comics watching, everybody knows the reputation of the Apollo Theater. Ralph Cooper, who was the man, the talent coordinator for the Apollo Theater for years. I go to audition for um, com- uh, for Talent Night. He accepts me. Loves it. I had a bit, I used to call why black people are not afraid of monsters, especially the <laughs> mummy. Because if you think about the mummy, right? right. Think about the Boris Koloff. The reason that black people aren't scared, <laughs> scared of the mummy is because we all walk like that. <laughs> Yeah. And you got to remember, it's the 70s. Right. So, so it's like stuff like that. And it was back in that. I think I was fearless back then. And the weird thing about it, I went up on stage. I'll never forget this. I went up on stage and I got booed. And have you ever seen the Apollo Showtime Apollo? Yeah, that's, that's Apollo. a snake pit. Well, I got booed. And then I waited a few months and I went back and I got booed again. And I was pissed off. Right. So I went back a third time. And my friends are telling me, are you out of your mind? They're going to make you like a fool. It just so happened Sinbad was the uh, MC that night. And I knew Sinbad because they opened for him all the time at the Rascals in uh, West Orange, New Jersey. And he was like, hey, hey, hey. I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I saw them last two, man. I said, no, no, I'm doing this, man. I'm doing this until I'm accepted for who I am. Right. So I went out and I did it. And I got finished. Nice round of applause. They were feeling me. Guys are a little, woo, 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 you know. And, you know, I mean, you know my reputation. I, I'm going to step on my thing every time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I says, hey, congratulations, whatever. And I looked at him and said, three times I came to my own and my own accepted me not because I try to do black comedy. From this moment forward, I am no longer a black comic. I'm a comic that happens to be black. Y'all can kiss my ass. 
and I walked off. Wow. And Sinbad just looked at me. Wow. And they wouldn't let, usually comics just walk right out the door. I couldn't leave. They actually kept me there. They said, they're going to kill you. <laughs> and I went out on the 126th Street side. And I don't know why this sticks in my mind, but the last thing I remember seeing, there was a thing of Cab Calloway on the wall. I remember that was the last thing I saw oh, wow. as I walked out of the Apollo Theater. And I got out to my car, a little Honda Civic, and I got into it. And I said, from that moment forward, man, I'm just going to be a comic. Right. I don't care if they like me, don't like me. I'm just going to be a comic. Wow. And I stuck to it. That's an amazing mindset to have considering, you know, everything, you know, that, that was there. Eddie Clark is my guest on the Treadcast. Long time now, retired comedian. But again, remember, he still has a SAG card. And that's what I want to kind of get into. What what brought you into acting? And, it, and it's kind of a quick side story is that I was minding my own business. My lovely wife and I are, are sitting there uh, during, obviously, the pandemic, binging our way through uh, Veep. And all of a sudden, there, there's Eddie Clark. And I'm like, son of a bitch. And so I reached out and I'm like, Ted's the same thing. Mind my own business and you creep into my show but you know you look at some of the credits you know person of interest and you're part of the uh the marvel you know universe and and stuff yeah, like that and that that did, to how, me was a big deal yeah how did how did this all come about was it you know was it a, a connection or was it something you know what i'd like to you know maybe try this now it was a weird it was a weird thing with acting period i was just doing comedy and my first manager was that camacho i remember i was doing some shows and i had this tendency sometime to go off from what i was doing to just kind of talk crazy uh, and they call it improv and i called it talking crazy I just, whatever <laughs> hit me and this you gotta remember this is going along before a lot of these kind of younger comics were doing it it's just the way it was it was no big deal mm-hmm. to talk a lot of trash back then so i went out and i did my thing and she was just you're so quick with that she says hey have you ever considered acting i said like get in front of a camera no way man <laughs> and then she sent me out an audition and uh if you um i'm pretty sure if you look on, on my youtube page i'm pretty sure you'll find it edward clark eddie clark i think it is it was the weirdest thing when they brought back biography okay they did a commercial who do you want to be today and they did all these people doing impressions when i went for the audition they said what impression you do well the only one i really first came to my mind was Rodney Dangerfield. It was easy. So I happened to have, unlike a lot of these guys, I wore, I wore, I didn't know how to dress. So I wore a suit, a shirt, and tie. I was going for a job. Right. Dress for the job you want, not for the job you have. So I walked in and they said, do it. And I went, uh, oh, how you doing? I'm Rodney Dangerfield. Good to see you. Yeah. Hey, what do you want to be? Hey, you know? So I'm going through the whole routine and they're cracking up. And I'm thinking, this is easy. I did the audition. And when biography, because remember biography was around back in the 50s and stuff, they stopped doing it. Well, mm-hmm. I think it was the early 80s. They brought it back on A&E. And, and I'm the one, and I was the I was the guy. They did, matter of fact, I was a closer on it. I did the Rodney Danger film, and they morphed my face into Rodney's face and did it. Oh, and wow. He, and, everybody, and, just, and after wow. that, every time I turned around, I was getting picked up for another commercial. It was all mostly non-union. And then one day I was told I had to join SAG. And that's when I did uh, the film Camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the kid. That was the film that made Anna Kendrick a star. Okay. Yeah, she. Uh, that was good. I was saying, I look at it. I, I, I just got to ask about Blood Knight, the legend of Mary, <laughs> the legend of Mary Hatchet. Come on, you got it. I need something from there. That alone. Here's the funniest thing about that. Now, I'm only in the first scene. I don't know if you've seen the movie. No, I haven't, but I'm going to now. (laughs) I'm in the first 10 minutes of the movie. I'm a police officer. And and you'll notice in almost everything I do, I end up being a cop. Once they Mm -hmm. found out I was a cop, boom. Mm -hmm. You know, you should be a cop, ball. Well, anyway, I I get in there, and the, the thing was, she's just murdered all these people in the 
asylum where she was put. And, well, the girl, she kills everybody, and she's covered in blood. She's walking down the street, and, uh, out of, away, uh, the driveway from the place. Cops, I pull up. We tell her to stop. Stop, lady. Freeze, freeze, freeze. She's standing there. She's got a uh, head in one hand and a bloody knife in the other. We're saying, freeze, freeze. Now, the woman's at least 25, 30 feet away. And we open fire. And she, okay, we kill her. She mm-hmm. drops the knife, drops the head and everything. The woman was buck naked. Real actress. She was buck naked. Here's the funny part. Now, you got to remember, the entire time we're shooting her, we can see she's naked. We see every, I mean, it's everything God gave her. We, we see it. As soon as the, the, they said cut, they ran in with a house coat, put it over, and told us all to avert our eyes. And I looked at the other guy, you know, you know like, really? <laughs> this acting thing is kind of complicated. <laughs> I said, let me get this right. First of all, it was cold as hell. It was raining. Right. It had to be at least 40 degrees, drizzly rain, and it was in the fall. And this girl is walking down, and I mean, she's committed to her craft. God bless her. But we've seen everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yo, yeah, you all right? I'm trying to turn your head. Everyone will turn that, and everybody did it. Oh, it's the trade cast. Eddie Clark is my guest. And uh, Eddie, the thing is, you know, and we haven't even touched on the fact that you were a police officer. You were in the Marine Corps. And, and one of the things I love, I was I was looking at your Facebook page. And let me just uh, read something that, that you wrote that this thing uh, about, it says about Edward. I've been a U.S. Marine police officer, U.S. State Department security officer, gas station attendant, security guard, actor, radio personality, and comedian. I love my life the way it is and will no longer accept anything less than the best for myself. The rest will take care of itself. And I, so I just, I just love, I love reading that quote because it's just so self-actualized where you're just like, yep, this is me and this is where I'm at. You know when I wrote that? And you, you would have remembered this. And I was on PIX 106. I had just, I had got my wife, the, the divorce was efficient. Mm. And I wrote that that day. Wow. And I said, enough. Mm. And I said, I'm going to get married again. I'm going to find someone. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to make sure this is right. I'm not going out like this. And today, I have no problems with my life. When you start to realize things, I think as we get older and you learn more and you accept more, you're kind of like, damn, you know, where was I? You know, I was an idiot when I was 40. It's so great to have that sort of, uh, you know, not to quote the great Samuel Jackson, but that moment of clarity where you're just kind of like, you know what? This is it. I'm at peace. You know? I'm at peace, man. And you you move. I'm at peace with myself. I don't care whatever happened in the past. Matter of fact, I did something that I would suggest for anyone. If you want to find out exactly where you stand in life and how peaceful you think you are and how content you think you are, go to your Facebook page and all those people you blocked over years, take them all off. That's what I did. I'm not, not one person is blocked on my page. And here's a weird thing about it. I had over 4,000 followers on my page. Mm -hmm. I took everybody. I'm not into that anymore. Yeah, I, I want to. I just want to. I want to be at peace. I want to recognize life for what it is. I want to appreciate it, enjoy it. You know, as little as you think about it, man. I'm not even petty enough to get upset that Tom Brady actually chose to announce as a as a time on the day I'm doing Trent's podcast. But I'm all right with that. I'm fine. Even I'm though you've fine. mentioned, even, even though you've mentioned I, it four times. So anyway, real quick, tell me, being a dad right now. I mean, I, I, my get my girls now are 21 and 18, and you're kind of I'm living vicariously through you anyway, watching you on on Facebook and stuff. But it's got to be just so darn amazing. I mean, one, you got twins, so that's got to be interesting in itself. And I also have a, I also have a 43 year old daughter for my first marriage and a 22 year old grandson. I mean, it's got to be just an amazing feeling to see that. Yeah, you get you know when when, when my oldest daughter was born, man, we couldn't walk into the. Uh, uh, rooms with our wives and they had babies you sat in the room waiting for the nurse to come tell you that uh, you just had a kid you'd be in a smoke filled room with a bunch of guys and you're sitting there with your cigars and everything and they go oh mr clark come you have a baby girl so you ran into the room and i get the kid and i bring the kid back to the smoke filled room and say, look guys i got a kid and they said oh my god that's great and the kids start coughing i said tough it up girl so <laughs> Yeah. Now they make you go in and they lowjack the kids, man. Mm-hmm. They lowjack yeah. the kids. Yeah. And I didn't know that because when the twins were born, 
My wife had a cesarean. So after they put the babies in the thing, I'm standing there. They went back to tend to her. I said, oh, wow, let me go find this room to go show the kids off. So I picked up the kids, picked them both up, and I walked out of the room. Nobody saw me, but the alarm must have gone off. Oh, yeah. Because all of a sudden, I'm surrounded by these guys, and they look at me like, they got tasers. They had tasers. Oof. And they look at me, put the babies down. I said, no. They said, put the babies down. I said, go to hell. No. They said, we're not going to tell you again. We will tase you. Put those babies down. And as I thought about it, I couldn't bear why they were upset. It suddenly dawned on me. My wife is German, white, and these kids don't look like me. <laughs> so I'm thinking, no, let's put these kids down very gently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. My, my son's crying. Ah, no, kid, I just met you. <laughs> Listen, we don't have that yet. <laughs> yeah, they actually caught me walking. The, the thing went off as soon as I walked through the door. There was a solid alarm. Yeah. So, Eddie, I asked this of everybody, and I prepped you a little bit. What is your definition of success? 45 years of never having to work for anybody, except that one type of picks, uh, <laughs> never having to work for anybody, and coming out the way I did. I'm happy, man. Yeah, I'm happy. All I do now is I, you know, I take care of my kids. I have my own podcast. Oh, wait. UVB TV on uh, YouTube. There you go. Don't Plug forget, it. put it in quotation marks. UVB TV. Okay. I got a whole bunch of platforms, comedy, talk, debates. I got all kinds of stuff going on there. So awesome. it's on YouTube and it's on my Facebook page, you check it out. But it, this makes me happy. And, and as long as nothing gets in the way of my family, which is the most important thing to me, I'm, I'm a happy man. Awesome. Eddie, all the best. So great to talk Thanks to you, my lot, friend. man. I appreciate it. You guys take care. Remember, man, your life is your life, right? Until you decide it's not. Make yourself happy. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Treadcast. You can listen to this one again if you like or listen to past episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get yours. Plus, don't forget to follow The Treadcast on Facebook for updates on future episodes.